Hello everyone, it's Jada. Okay, this is a special episode of Quarantine Devotionals. I wanted to let you know more about myself and about my testimony. And I didn't plan anything to say before this. I'm just going to be rambling at the mouth. I'm going to try and keep it as short as possible. But um, from the length of these episodes, you know that I can talk. But first and foremost, my name is Jada Hampton. I am originally from Augusta, Georgia. I have three brothers. I am the oldest of them all. And they are super annoying, but also super bright, brilliant, creative-minded individuals. And I'm very protective over them all. Um, And growing up in Georgia, being the bigger sister, um, there were just so many instances where uh, me and my brothers found ourselves in weird situations together where I was almost like the mom in, in, some, in some ways, but really I learned a lot from them. Um, without them, I, I'm not sure who I would be, but um, I was raised in Georgia and I went to a fine arts high school and uh, this was a magnet school that was first in the state and it was in Augusta of all places and Augusta is known for the masters but it's also a very uh, dangerous place it's very crime riddled and um, there's a lot of poverty there's a lot of just injustice as well racism Um, if it wasn't obvious I am black (laughs) but um, it was hard for me to grow up there and not feel discouraged but Davidson is what kept me sane I really felt God put me in that place for a reason and he puts us in places for reasons but I knew as soon as I got there this was a saving grace from God and the thing that I did was theater. Theater, dance. Um, I took dance all my years there. I did theater every single year. I went through all the levels of theater and I was talented in theater. That was something I did even when I was younger um, in elementary school. I remember getting on the stage, doing oratorical poems, the recitations, the whole shebang. I remember being the snoozle in the school play. I'm the snoozle, I'll bamboozle all the children out of school. I made them think that leaving school is really kind of cool. I know just what they're thinking. I know just what I'll say. And when they least expect it, I'll lead them all away. Yes, I still remember that. Very embarrassing. But I loved, still love, like it's the love of my life besides God, obviously. And also my boyfriend. But seriously theater like oh so passionate about theater I'm one of the most passionate people you'll meet um which is also why I can be extremely stubborn and my brothers know that and my parents know that more than anything um my parents were never married um they split before I was born so I didn't grow up in a house with two parents my mother did have um a boyfriend at the time who is the father of my eldest brother and I lived with them um, up until about my junior year in high school and at which point I moved in with my grandmother and then we formed a closer relationship and uh, and then um, she just helped me 
to ground myself in faith. And I went to church with her every Sunday. Um, We woke up early in the morning, went to Bible study. So I was raised in the church. I was a pastor's kid in in some ways, even though my immediate parents weren't um, practitioners of faith or they weren't preachers or pastors or ministers themselves. My grandma, she was a secretary. Um, She was a sister of the church. My grandmother was... And her brother... Um, is and was the pastor of that church, the senior pastor. And uh, her other brother was um, one of the ministers. And so even on my dad's side, my grandma was a preacher. So it just ran through my family. But I was raised in the church, and I loved public speaking. I loved doing the skits, doing the dances. I sang in the choir for some time, even though I don't um, brag about a singing voice, even though I sing all the time. I really can't sing. Like, I'm tone deaf. It's terrible. I wish I could sing. That's something I wish I could do, especially as an actor, but that's besides the point. Um, but yeah, I was I was born in that area. That was what my life really looked like, but underneath, I was struggling with so many things, and I don't know how honest I should be right now. I want to be transparent because I want to help someone, but you also never know who's listening, but you know, God brought me through these things, so why not share it in my testimony? The first thing that happened um, in my life was that I experienced lust, but for other little girls around me. Um, so we're all small and, and, and beady-eyed and curious, and um, there was a situation in which that escalated for me, and I was a little girl not being a little girl, and I did not know how it got to that point, but it happened. And after that, I remember distinctly thinking every single morning I woke up, every single day, I'm going to hell. I'm going to hell. I must be gay. Um, God hates me. Everyone hates me. Even if they don't know that it happened, I feel like they can see it. That's That was my thinking. Um, And so I sympathize with um, people today who feel that way because they've been told to feel that way and they're invalidated, their feelings and their emotions and their lifestyles. And I I had a glimpse of that and I couldn't take it. So you're incredibly strong, incredibly powerful. Don't listen. Don't listen to the negative feedback. Um, It's just noise you're more capable and more beautiful than you ever know but I struggled with that so much I literally thought God the most powerful being in the world hated me until I just didn't anymore I don't remember what changed Uh, maybe it was going to church and growing up and actually listening to the sermon Um, the pastor saying like there's nothing you can do that will invalidate the fact that God has saved you already. He's already died for you. I mean, he died for you knowing everything that you would do. So you think it was a mistake? It wasn't. And uh, that to me was huge. I think that was a turning point. Like, okay, I can be God's child and have that happen to me and move forward. So that's always been a struggle for me. I think that was a deep place of um, curiosity But it sparked so many different things, and I struggled with lust. Um, 
at a young age and then that led to me discovering um, pornography and then that led to me exploring other things and I knew it was wrong it felt it felt wrong if it just felt different just felt like something I didn't want to be a part of but I couldn't get away from it and I struggled with that um, up until middle school probably and then that's when I really really got into my art and my craft and um, those instances of me feeling worthless were few and far few and far between and uh, I just thank God that I was able to dedicate myself to something that wasn't drugs or alcohol or self-loathing, that I got out of that that state. And then um, in high school, I wasn't I wasn't really popular, even though people knew me. Everyone knew me because I was, like, the girl who is the good actress. Like, she's going to be somebody. She's funny. But I wasn't myself. And so I don't feel like anyone really, truly knew me because I, I couldn't be myself. I just didn't allow myself to. And I didn't think that I was worthy of friendship. I didn't think that I was worthy of love. I had a hard time at home because um, my stepfather... Uh, had a troubled past and his troubled past um, was evident in the way that he treated my brother and uh, I couldn't do a lot to help him the one thing that I did do was just be there for him but when I went off to Davidson I just kind of branched away from him and our relationship grew apart Um, and it just was really hard because I, I love my brother, but we just grew apart, and there's really nothing that we could have done about it. So at this point, I know that theater is something I want to do with the rest of my life. I'm still struggling with things. Um, and then my stepfather falls ill, and he's in a coma for a few months. And um, the first thing that happened when my mom told me, at first there was this feeling of, oh, I don't care. Like, I hope he goes away. And then I just started crying. And I was like, I, I think I love this man, even though, he, <laughs> even though he doesn't know how to love others. And it pulled the three of us together, me, my mom, and my brother. And to see him in that state, I was like, God could use anybody. God could use anybody. I might not like him, but guess what? God loves him. So you never know who God will put in your life and for what and for what reason. Don't think it's ever in vain because it's not. Everything has a purpose. He pulled through and seeing him in that state was scary because that was the most vulnerable I've ever seen him. And I think it's it's stuck with him to this day. How could it not? He was fighting for his life and now he's he's still kind of fighting for his life. But there was a change in him. Um it might have been small, but it was a change. And, and that's when I knew that God can use any situation, anything to to pull you closer to him. And um, that was a very memorable moment for all of us. But after that, um, I just really started focusing on my future. And I did a lot in high school. I did poetry out loud with the National Endowment of the Arts. I did the government... Uh, auditioned for the governor's honors program. Um, I didn't 
get it and I was so upset I used to put my worth in things that really didn't matter or should have mattered to me Um, but because of that I did literary and I won um, some prizes in that division and then thespian conference and uh, the, the Georgia State Conference for Theater different types of awards that was the place that I shined the most and so I said I'm gonna go to a theater school I'm going to go to college for theater, performance. And I struggled, didn't know what school to pick. I auditioned for a lot of schools. Got some um, acceptance letters back, got some rejections. Decided on USI, Indiana. Didn't even know where Indiana was, but I decided on USI. And I got here and I was lonely. I was eight hours away from home. Remind you that in high school, I really wasn't myself, so I didn't know who to be here. I was like, who do I want to be? And I was just like, I just want to be, I just want to be Jada. And so I, I got here, and I, I met some amazing people, but I also went through some pretty dark phases. Um, I've always been fearful. I will, I worry that I will scare myself to death because I think of war, I think of terrorists, I think of the government, I think of corruption, I think of Satan and things that I don't know about and it just it just scares the living heck out of me and it puts me in a place where I'm almost immobilized and I'm paralyzed. That kept happening to me in, in, in college. Finally it came to my sophomore year where I was trying to get validation from men um, and uh, I should preface that with saying that uh, my relationship with my father hasn't been the best. Um, we lived down the street from each other about, what, 10 miles, and I only probably saw him a, 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 a handful of times um, <laughs> in, my, in my life, you know. That might be an exaggeration, but truly not really at all. And especially the last years I was there, not really that much. And whenever I go back, I really don't see him. So our relationship has been really strained. And it's really taken a toll on me because I felt abandonment. And instead of turning to my Heavenly Father, I just turned to men. And I was trying to fill that place, but I, I, couldn't, I couldn't fill it. I just couldn't, not without God. And that, on top of everything else and my fear, everything was just so unregulated and unchecked. I just kind of blanked out and... I just fell into a really dark hole. And I had, I mean, I feel like a lot of people have thoughts about suicide. Um, You know, I don't think I ever would have did it. I don't think I could have. There are a lot of people who are really, really struggling with it. Like struggling not to constantly. That wasn't me though. I just, I, you know went through the whole phase of maybe I should just slip into this bathtub water or maybe I should just put this rope on the ceiling fan made the noose was too scared to put my head through it because I was like what if I actually do something and and die and what if my grandma finds me what if she can't revive me all these feelings and this was just all for me feeling just helpless completely helpless so terrified and it all came to a head my sophomore year. Went back to Georgia for the summer. And I remember sitting in my room crying repeatedly day and night because I had nightmares of being killed 
in very violent ways. And that was also compounded by sleep paralysis every single night for a month straight. I didn't want to go to sleep. I felt things on me in the middle of the night. I I never experienced anything like that. It's terrifying. The most terrifying part for me is that I kept saying, God, help me, and, and nothing happened. And I said, well, he hates me now. I've obviously done something wrong. Um, and it took a month of me going through that. But the reason I went through that is because of endurance. Um, God was saying to me, don't stop praising me in the middle of this pain. I'm still here. You just have to believe it. And sure enough, the more, the more fervent I got, the more disciplined I got about getting on my knees and staying there. Because that reminded me, hey, God is still in your life. You've been living this whole life. You've been so scared and so fearful, so distracted. God is still here. He's trying to get your attention. And he did. He finally did. And it took that. And um, the nightmare stopped. But then something else happened. I start getting sick. Then I start worrying about my sickness. I thought I had cancer. I thought I had everything else. Hypochondriac to the max. Really, um, I struggle with that to this day. I mean, even right now, I'm struggling with it. But... I was like, no, this feels different. And I talked to my grandma. She was like, no, you're fine. You're just sick with something, maybe the flu. But this was taking me out. I had never been this sick in my life. I mean, it felt like I was honestly dying. I've said that a lot in my life, but it truly felt like I was dying. Went to the hospital. They're like, I don't think anything's wrong with you, but we'll check. The doctor is like, we're going to check for a celiac disease, you know, just in case. And then um, by that time, I left Georgia and went to my friend's house in Indiana because I had to come back to USI to be an orientation leader, and we were required to be here for the summer. And I just stayed with her and her mom. And the first night I got there, I looked at the portal for the, the, the doctor, and it says positive for celiac disease. That's all it said. No advice, no nothing, just positive. And that, to me, I didn't know what celiac disease was, and uh, I just kind of lost it. And I got super sick. I don't know whether that was from the illness before, maybe it came back in a wave, or I made myself sick, or the stress, something triggered something, and I, I couldn't move, I couldn't eat anything, couldn't keep anything down. Terrible pain, um, chills. I would wake up drenched, drenched in sweat. And all of that's happening, and then my mind is going a 1,000 miles per hour, and it's not helping, and I'm in an extreme state of fear. And the only thing that helped me was picking up my Bible and begging God to save me. I was already saved. I didn't know that. He already worked it out. I didn't know that. I was begging to him, though, God, be my refuge. That's where Psalm 71 came into play that I shared with you all in a previous episode. And sure enough, I got through it somehow. And it took me rearranging my entire lifestyle because This is a disease that can lead to multiple other diseases, including diabetes, including Hashimoto's, including MS, including cancer. If you don't control it, it will control you. But 
God had so many different plans for me. I mean, I've helped other people with this disease. I've learned how to manage it in a way that makes it almost, it's just second nature now. I don't even think about it. It's something that I, I'm not necessarily proud to have, but I'm proud to have gone through it and to be able to stay here today and, and say that I was diagnosed early and to my knowledge, I am healthy. It still causes some imbalances within me that I, I feel, but never as bad as what it was. And so celiac disease is an autoimmune disorder and my body goes in hyperdrive whenever I eat something called gluten, which is in a lot of bread products, a lot of grains, and something I have to stay away from. Even a small amount of it sets off an immune reaction that causes extreme inflammation. And over time, that inflammation, like I said, can lead to certain diseases, but it also flattens your small intestine in your, uh, I believe it's just your small intestine. I'll, I'll have to look back over it. It's been a while since I've learned about the mechanism of the disease, but it attacks the intestines and it makes it so that you can't absorb nutrients and that um, your stomach is in a very vulnerable state. And that's where T-cell lymphoma can form, things like that, especially if you don't keep it under control. But um, I'm doing so well with it. Gluten-free, I eat it all the time. Like I said, if you're ever in a store or in a restaurant and you see gluten-free, that's why you see it. It's not just for people who just want to eat gluten-free just because. It's also for people who have to eat gluten-free in order to survive. (laughs) So I went through that. And uh, after going through that, I, y'all, my life turned around. Seeing firsthand what God can bring you through, when you honestly felt like there was no way out. I have recordings of me crying my eyes out as proof later to myself that you cried to him and he answered and he did y'all he answered and I struggle with a lot of issues today I mean I used to be a violent little child I was lashing out I (laughs) uh everything but God's love God's love is the reason I'm still here point blank period I'm still here because of God's love and this is a to brag on me at all because I don't give myself the glory for the things that have happened in my life. Let me tell you how God changed everything for me. So all of that happened and I'm on the path of of fear and doubt, sickness, and then healing. Not just physical healing. God healed me in so many different other ways. From that point on, he said, to trust me, your future is already set. Do what you love and love me while you do it. And doing that gave me so many opportunities. That summer, the next summer, I went to New Harmony Theater, did a box office internship. That internship led to an internship at the Eugene O'Neill Theater Center, where I met so many different people that are influential in our industry today, and I still have connections with them. And I've sent plays to them, and they recommended me to theaters across the nation God did that for me. He put me in a position to be able to be with other people, creating art and being themselves and loving it. And I had never truly experienced that before. I mean, I just saw a a flip in my life. Like God kept pouring out blessings on me. And I, I kept thinking, I don't deserve this. I mean, getting cast in roles that were beautiful to me, that allowed me 
um, to have further opportunities from those roles, um, getting nominated for awards at national festivals, and then submitting plays to national festivals and getting into them and being a part of the national playwriting program and then having my work performed in front of me and then working with, with a director and working with a stage manager. That was crazy to me. Doing scholarship auditions, getting past rounds that I didn't think I would get past, you know? I mean, scholarships, I struggled my entire college career with trying to, there were times I cried into my, sobbed into my pillow because I did not know how I was going to pay. I did not know. They basically told me, we don't know how you're going to stay here. You're probably not, but you got to find a way. That was, that was their, their help to me, (laughs) my school, some people at my school. I'm telling you, without some of those people, I would not be at USI. But um, it could be a little harsh the way that money is handled. And that took a toll on me. And guess who owes nothing right now to the university? Me. Why? God put scholarships in my lap. I am telling you, he provided for me in ways I never imagined. I mean, I just... The opportunities. Like, I haven't even touched on everything that he's done for me in my life. And I had the nerve to sit here and to feel sad. And I'm in quarantine. I don't know what to do. And nothing that I want in my life is working out. And just reflecting on it, bringing yourself to a place of reflection, it knocks all of that out the window. He's like, how can you say that when I continue to bless you? And it's so true. It's so true. I was going through a phase um, about a month ago. I auditioned for my dream school which is the Yale School of Drama, as well as Brown University, uh, for their MFA programs, and I did not get in. And I thought God, I thought God was telling me, You're go- you, you got it, just go, you got it. I'm making a way for you to get to Chicago because you got it. Guess what, I didn't have it. And I kept saying, I lost that opportunity. I didn't lose it because it was never mine. God never intended that for me, not, at, not right now. But it took a lot for me to get to that conclusion because we think about ourselves and God kept telling me, no, like, just keep moving forward. And so right now, I'm just at a place where I'm so excited for whatever he's got in store for me. Um, The relationship that I'm in, been through some rocky times, but let me tell you, I've never experienced humanly love like that. Unconditional love where you, you fight for the other person, you encourage the other person, you accept their flaws. That's the type of relationship that I'm in. And we do our best to put God at the center, and we fail sometimes. We, re- we, we fail miser- miserably sometimes. But we fail together, and then we try again. And then we succeed a little more, and then we succeed a little more. Um, we started going to church together again. Um, not now, <laughs> obviously. But uh, before this happened, uh, we had been going to church together. And um, even his mom had been going to church with us and just his family is a blessing to me. My boyfriend, by the way, is, um, he's white. And uh, some of you are like, it doesn't matter. But it does. <laughs> it does in some ways. And uh, it's been, it's been um, difficult sometimes being in an interracial relationship. But God just shows us that love is, love knows no limits. It endures all. It believes all. It hopes all, as he says. So being with him and um, going through that and putting God first, whenever we 
truly done that, our relationship has been beautiful. We have to continue to do that. That's an ongoing process. That's a daily thing. And um, it's something that I've had to work on for me because I have so many faults. I'm stubborn. Sometimes I'm really bossy. Sometimes I can be controlling. Like, I, I want to control everything in my life. I want this to be this way and this to be that way. But I don't have control. Like, Jada, you got to stop. The ultimate person, the ultimate controller, the ultimate ruler is God. And he's got you. He's got your back. So why are you, why are you trying to take his place? God's like, don't replace me. You can't replace me. Trust me. I'm doing things for you. Things that you can't even see. And when you finally see them, you're going to be amazed. You're going to be amazed. And um, that is what God is saying to you right now. Um, if you have any stories, if you have a testimony, I'd love to hear it. The email is always in the description. But that's just a little bit about me because I listen sometimes to the, the episodes after I record them. And I'm just like, you sound, you sound like you... Uh, are so perfect or something I didn't want people to think that I'm extremely flawed like more than you could ever imagine but the only reason I'm doing this is because I felt like God was trying to get me away from myself I was going to fall back into that hole and so I had to record these podcasts to remind myself that it's not about me it's never been about me and thank God right um God I'm just so grateful for everything he's done for me Um, Hopefully, something that I've said has resonated with you. We all go through some of the same things, really. I mean, the the loss of my grandfather had an enormous enormous impact on my life. And I lost so many people along the way, people I didn't think I would lose. But to be here today, to be talking to you all is a testament to the fact that God can move mountains. He can move rivers, he can move valleys, he can move lions out of the den. God is a God of miracles. So uh, thank you for listening. Um, I just wanted to share my testimony, what God has done for me, how he changed my life, because he changed it and rearranged it. And without him, I literally would be nothing. So hopefully uh, that gave you some insight into who Jada is. And uh, I'll see you tomorrow for our podcast episode. All right, peace out.